Congratulations, you've made it to the honor roll. I'm Chris Dunn, and I'll be introducing you to the people who make Fayette County Public Schools excellent. Our district annually ranks among the best in both the state of Georgia and nation academically, and we want to shine the spotlight on everyone who helps our students thrive. Behind every successful school day is a team of people worthy of recognition, and they each have their own story to tell. Join us as we dive in and learn about their journeys, their inspirations, and their whys on the honor roll. Welcome to the honor roll. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Amanda White. I'm the media specialist at Peachtree City Elementary School. Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here as a media specialist. Uh, the media specialist role, I think, is just the greatest job in a school building. Um, and I'm, I feel so fortunate to have held this position for over 20 years here at Peachtree City. I am in charge of a fabulous media center that was built around five years ago. And we have a large collection of books. We are functioning every day in, the cl- in, the, in this classroom, because I consider it a classroom, to get books in and out to our students. We see whole classes. We see individual students constantly collaborating with teachers on lesson ideas. I do a lot of graphic design work for teachers and admins on the side, um, helping make different things, posters, instructional posters, anchor charts, passes, different kinds of things. So every day is a new adventure here in the media center. And that's one reason that I love this job so much. So walk us through what is just like an average day like? (laughs) An average day is tough to describe, but because it changes so frequently and on a dime, but when I come in in the morning, um, you know, we get here at 710 or that's, that's contract time at any rate, but the children start coming in around 720 and we have a team of broadcasters who come in, student broadcasters, fifth graders who come into the media center um, around 725, 730 and they work together to produce our new show. So Miss Marizic, our computer science teacher and I have collaborated on the Panther Pandemonium broadcast team <laughs> new show ever since I was hired here. But those five students, we oversee their comings and goings as they get a new show together. We produce it on the fly live every morning. Um, a little 10-minute news segment to, you know, bring the important news of the day, the menu, any important events that we have or schedule changes. We push that out, and then those kids leave. And then our day really starts. We start seeing students in here around 8 o'clock. But I have a full slate every day of classes who are coming through for a story or lesson and a checkout time. And in between those other times when I have not a class scheduled. We are seeing individual students who need assistance finding books. We have parents who come in and volunteer with us. Um, We have parents who come in to check out books of their own because we do check out to them as well. So, and again, doing some graphic design work. I am responsible for the yearbook here. So I spend some time, most days I try to do a page every, a page a week or so at the beginning of the year on the yearbook. Um, I do a lot of photography in the building So while I spend the majority of my day here in this room, I do push out into the rest of the building. I want the kids and the staff to see me all across the building just to reinforce that idea that Mm -hmm. the media center is connected to their classrooms. Their classrooms are connected to the media center, so they see me all around the place and not just in this room. Gotcha. And so one thing I want to ask you about is kind of the... um, for me, it's just it's the library, and there's librarians, and now it's now it's media special. So, kind of, what what's the difference between the old idea of a librarian versus media center and media specialist? Well, when I was in elementary school, we had a librarian. We had a librarian, and she was really responsible for checking in and out books. Mm-hmm. She read stories to us, and then sometime 
around the 80s, there started to be a shift really across the country in changing that terminology from librarian to media specialist to represent more of what Mm -hmm. this job encompasses, that we were more than just a repository for books and checking in and out, that we had an instructional role as well. So there is a book that guides a lot of training for media specialists called Empowering Learners, and it outlines five roles of a media specialist. You, we are constantly enacting the roles of teacher, instructional partner, information specialist, program administrator, and leader. I was really excited to see leader added a few years ago. But those five roles really encompass what a media specialist does. We tend to think of librarians nowadays as more in the public library. They have a different role than what we do. We play more of an instructional role. We support instruction in the classroom. We help teachers plan lessons that will be implemented here. I push into classrooms and help. Um, so media specialist really encompasses mm-hmm. all of those roles and just gives you a richer definition, um, a more updated version gotcha. of, of what a librarian does. Although when you tell people I am a media specialist, they will sometimes raise an eyebrow and it's just much more comfortable to say <laughs> I am a librarian. Um, but we don't, we don't just sit behind the desk. Right. We do a lot more than that. So really library is kind of under the umbrella of what yes. you do. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, I use them synonymously because mm-hmm. a lot of people are just more comfortable with that term. That's something that they understand. But media specialist, that term was generated just to give people a better idea of really the richness of the role that we play in a school. Gotcha. And so um, before we dive back into school, let's talk about, um, tell us about your early life. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? I grew up about 20 minutes from Peachtree City in Palmetto. Um, People in Peachtree City seem to never leave the bubble. And when I say I'm from Palmetto, they never know where that is. But um, you can identify Palmetto by the Serenby community. Serenby is nearby. People sometimes recognize that. Sometimes people recognize that Stranger Things was filmed in the grocery store in Palmetto. So those are our claim to fame. My first job was at the Stranger Things grocery store. But I grew up 20 minutes from here. I attended Charles Riley Elementary School, which is not there anymore. It was torn down um, maybe 15 years ago to build a senior citizens community center. And I attended Creekside High School in Fairburn. So I am a Fulton County student, and I have lived in the area within 20 minutes of the home that I grew up in my entire life. My parents bought their house when they first got married, have lived there for over 50 years, and I have lived right within that radius. So I am from this area. So how did you end up in Peachtree City? Well, I was hired in 2000. I was uh, freshly graduated from the University of West Georgia with a degree in English to teach, and I applied in Coweta County and in Fayette County, and Fayette County was the first to offer me a contract. Mm -hmm. Um, I was hired at Stars Mill High School and taught 10th grade English there for two years, and during that time I was working on a master's degree in media and completed that and applied for the positions. At the time that I finished my degree, there were three positions in media open in Fayette, and that's very rare. They don't come open that often. Um, And I applied for all three of them and made the move down to elementary, honestly thinking that I would wanna work my way back up to high school. I really enjoyed high school work. I did not have a child at that point when I took this job, and so working with younger children was pretty new. I have loved elementary school so much I never looked back and wanted to leave, so I have stayed in this position since um, 2000. Uh, 2002, 2002, I was hired here. But I just feel really fortunate to have found a position that just suits me so perfectly, was a role that I saw for myself even as a very young child. Anybody who knew me when they were younger would say it's no surprise that Amanda was a teacher or a media specialist, Mm -hmm. a librarian. It fits me perfectly, and I am 
so very, just so very fortunate to have found that perfect spot very early in my career. And that's, that's what I want to talk to talk about next is why, why media specialist? Why media specialist? I am that stereotypical kid. My sister and I played school when we were little. She taught me to read in our basement classroom. You know, my sister is older than I am. So she was the teacher. I was the student. You know, we, we taught school to our dogs. We taught school to our stuffed animals. And I always envisioned myself as a teacher. That was where I wanted to be. Um, it, it was just a decision when I was in college originally of deciding did I want to teach English or did I want to teach Spanish I was going to teach either one I settled on English and I minored in Spanish later but which has come in very very handy throughout my career in education but I always wanted to teach but at the same time in the English classroom we focused on writing which I was very comfortable with and very excited about when I was a um, college student during my undergrad years I worked as a writing consultant at the Writing Center at the University of West Georgia. Very happy to be focusing on writing in my classroom, but it just felt like there was something missing that I really wanted to be doing more at connecting children and teachers with books and resources. Because part of that playing school when we were little focused on me reading stories to my stuffed animals, reading stories to my dolls. I loved to organize my books in different ways, by color and by height. And I didn't know the word back then, but by genre, I was playing librarian even as a child. <laughs> so when, you know, teachers, we, we get our undergraduate degree and then you immediately start thinking, well, I need a master's. We're going to move on to a master's. And I didn't want to do it um, just in English. I wanted to move into, have a little bit of diversification, do a different field. And I thought, well, this is the time. So a master's in media was available at West Georgia, and it was just a great program. It's a really great program with a lot of fantastic staff out there. They worked with me uh, through the, the master's program and then on into my doctoral program. They supported me. My dissertation was written about the role of the media specialist, and I'm really thankful to have had that university so close here to work with. It was a great experience. So then uh, I'm guessing education was pretty important in your household growing up? Education was important in my household. and My parents did not attend college. They were high school graduates, and they are not huge readers themselves, although they both enjoy reading. But when they saw what a love it was for me when I was younger, they made certain that our house was filled with books. Filled with books, trips to the public library. We had to go one town over to Fairburn to go to the public library when I was young. But I remember just coming home with armloads of books, checking out the limit that we could check out then and keeping them in a special place in my room. I remember neighbors bringing boxes of books because, you know, our children are finished with them. Um, we thought that Amanda might enjoy them. My parents were always very invested in me, you know, achieving in school, getting as many books as I wanted into my hands and were very supportive of education that way. Did you have a favorite book or series of books growing up? Most of the kids who come through here will tell you it breaks my heart that they are not as popular now as they were when I was little. But I love the Little House on the Prairie series. <laughs> I am such a Laura Ingalls Wilder fan and an Anne of Green Gables fan. I am just, you know, whenever I see kids check those out, it does my heart good. I love them. And most kids will say, oh, I watched that TV show with my parents or my grandmother. And I, I love the show, but the books are very dear to my heart. I, I've had just read them to rags, multiple sets of them, so... <laughs> So who influenced you kind of, was there a teacher or, or a media specialist growing up that you kind of really left a mark for you? My media specialist, my librarian in elementary school was Miss Kelton. Miss Kelton, I just, I remember going into her library and even though my elementary library is not there anymore, 
I have such vivid memories of that space mm -hmm. and where all the books were located. I can tell you on the shelf where that Amelia Earhart biography was that I was the only one that checked it out. My name was the only one on the card. Why I was so into her at the time, I don't know. But Miss Kelton really took me under her wing because she saw a funky kid who, yeah. you know, just needed to find a spot and the library was that spot and she really put great books into my hands that spoke to me i remember the way she you know held the books and read them to the classes i remember the displays that she made um, in her display case and it was just such a wonderful experience i think back to her i think back to her anytime i'm doing a job here and there's something about like older books too there's just that certain smell about them that can take you back books when people ask me well, is there a future for library? Is there a need for librarians? I think that now more than ever, there's a need for librarians and media specialists because we help support information literacy with students. But there is just something so beautiful about the tactile, tangible nature of a picture book. To put a big, beautiful picture book in a kid's hands, there is something that, that's something that a tablet can't replicate. Right. And even 20 years into this job, two decades later, there is nothing that makes me happier than seeing little children with their head bent over a big, fat mm -hmm. picture book. That makes me really, really happy. So that kind of works into the next question that we'd like to ask everyone is, is what's your why? Uh, as a first-year teacher at Stars Mill, you know, you, you leave college and you have a couple of lesson plans under your belt, but we really, we don't know what we're getting into. We've done some student teaching, but we're just diving in. Teach, new teachers are diving in, trying to do the best we can. And I started teaching in 2000. There was no Pinterest. There was no Teachers Pay Teachers. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what we were doing on the internet at that point, but you were just trying to make lesson plans up on your own. I needed so much. I needed so much support. The English department at Stars Mill was absolutely fabulous and a large, we're a large group, <coughs> very supportive of each other. They were very kind to me as a first year teacher, gave me resources, gave me support where I needed it. And that really lit a fire in me to support teachers in that way. So the media specialist certificate is labeled with an S, we are support staff. You know, a teacher is a T, support staff is an S, a leader is an L. Um, I have a support staff designation for my master's degree, and that's, that's very important to me, that we support the staff. We are one of, the, one of the gears that helps the school move. I needed so much support those first two years, and the media specialist stars, at Stars Mill was very supportive of me to help me figure out ways to really make novels and plays come to life in my classroom. She supported me with resources, um, helped lead me through research lessons in her media center, and I just saw that as something that I really wanted to do, too. I wanted to support teachers and students. So I take that very seriously here. Um, when people come in and ask for anything, I really try hard not to say no here. We have such a fabulous space. It is a very large room with um, room for multiple activities at a time. If you come in, even if I have a class, I try to make it work. If you need the space, yeah, we can get you in this corner back here. We can get you in the conference room. Use my office to make your positive phone calls home. I really just want to support our teachers and staff and our admins in any way that we can through the program we have here. And one thing I really liked was, like, so it was two years ago that the County Teacher of the Year was, was the media specialist Yes, we were very proud of that. We were very proud of her for being named Teacher of the Year. She's doing some fabulous things in that program. And high school media is such a different animal than elementary. At, at elementary, middle, and high, we really all enact the role in a different way. You'll see us doing different things because the needs of our stakeholders are different. So what she has done at McIntosh is really great. She's got some great brain break, kind of mental health 
areas for the kids to come in and experience. You've got that really cool glass classroom um, that you can lead PL in. So really good stuff happening over there where she's supporting staff. It's one of the things I've enjoyed talking about with people in different roles, especially at the elementary school level, is that you guys are really setting the foundational pieces for the students. We talk about we talked to the cafeteria manager at Huddleston and and she's helping teach manners around, you know, yes. eating and stuff. And, the, and then you're getting a chance to kind of help instill an early love in, of reading for so many kids. Yes. That is something that we take very seriously, my Parapro and I. I'm so fortunate to have a fantastic Parapro. And oddly enough, when I interviewed for this job, she was on my interview panel 20 years ago. Her children were students here, and she was the parent representative. So we've come full circle. She's back here working with me. We both take it very seriously. Um, the desire to help students learn to love to read mm-hmm. because we can we can choose a book for you and mm-hmm. we can say this is a great book for you but it's most meaningful if we can get that personal personal line of connection with a student and find a book that they are most interested in. I can choose for you all day long but right. I want you to have an investment in it so that you will learn to love it and come back for more. Mm -hmm. So we really work hard to make a personal connection with students. We know all of the kids' names here. I would tell you that I could call about 95% of our students by their first name, and we can ask them about, you know, that biscuit book that you read last night, was it great? Did you love the Narnia series? We can remember, we really work hard to remember what it is that they Mm -hmm. like and keep that connection flowing so that they will come back and really learn to love to read and carry that through their lifetime, hopefully. Because there's something so much different about, um, you know, say I could have assigned To Kill Mockingbird, assigned an English class, and then when you pick it up years later and read it on your own because you want to, it's just, it's a whole different experience. Yes, yes. In our former library um, that was demolished about five years ago, or maybe more, to build the gym, and then this room um, rose up, but we had a big wall decal in the old room that said, a book is a gift you can open again and again. And I really do believe that, that every time you come to a text, at any point in your life, you are going to experience it in a different way. And when I said I love the Little House on the Prairie books, I read them as a child and experienced them one way. And then I read them with my daughter when she was younger and experienced them a different way. I made my poor husband sit and listen to The Long Winter as we read it out loud. And he experienced it for the first time and saw that there were a lot of science connections. He's a science guy. And um, we just come to a book at different points in our life in different ways. So I do love to reread and I promote that with kids. Read it again and see what you notice the second time. You may notice something in an illustration that you never saw before. You may see a little piece of dialogue that you glossed over before, but a book a second or third time is a great, great thing. And something I, I really enjoy too is you read the book and then maybe you see it on TV or movie and kind of kind of compare how like how the characters were in your head versus how someone else saw them. What did they look like in your head? What did you imagine for them? I know I have homes in my head where, you know, books took place mm-hmm. when I was younger and then when you see a movie you're either delighted that it looks the way you thought that it did mm-hmm. or you're upset that they did your character so dirty and it's not <laughs> the way you thought it was. But I think that um you know, the power of comparing and contrasting movies and TVs and books, is it's really important. And there we, we can't escape the fact that screens are prevalent in our kids' lives. But if we can use that as a leverage to get them back into a book, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, we've done displays here with, if you saw the movie, mm-hmm. read the book. And those are always really popular. The kids, you know, it'll spark an interest in them if they've seen the movie. They want to go and read mm-hmm. the book then. And I think just the best thing, too, and it's kind of like when I talk to students about writing as well as, 
it's such a broad thing that no matter what you're into, there are so many books you can you can read. There are so many books, and it is just a constantly constantly growing catalog of books that are available in the world Mm -hmm. there is no way that we can ever read everything that's available Mm -hmm. to us and that was a really hard thing for me to swallow here in the library working in a media center is that I'm not a repository I can't keep all the books that are ever I can't keep all the great books Mm -hmm. forever I do not have enough room so (laughs) weeding through your library is a, a really big burden for media specialists a lot of us have we have hoarding tendencies. We love our books and we have a hard time letting them go, but we do have to constantly curate and create space for the new because books are being published every day and we want to get the greatest, newest things into the hands of our students. And uh, what's the most popular book or series of books right now that you can't keep on the shelf? Oh my gosh, right now, graphic novels have been having a moment in elementary and middle and high school as well for the last couple of years. Our students and any elementary school in the district would tell you that our students are always dying for the newest Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the newest Big Nate book. Um, that we have a particular, our library is shelved by genre, and so all of those graphic novels are together, and that is the hot point in the library where the kids meet to talk back and forth and to trade. And, you know, what do you have? Have you read this one? Well, I've read number 11, but I haven't read number 7. But they're always dying to get into the graphic novel section and, and check those out. Well, I think that pretty well covers everything. Um, Thank you so much for taking your time out to be with us. Yeah, well, thanks for interviewing, and thanks for really shining a light on media specialists. We appreciate it. It's um, It can be an isolating job because we are only one of us in a building. We don't collaborate in the same way that classroom teachers do because Mm -hmm. there are no others like us in the building. But to know... To be able to take the time to discuss what we do with you is a a really great thing and let people know what's happening in their elementary school libraries. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an official podcast of Fayette County Public Schools. For more stories from our district, visit us online at fcboe.org, where you can also find links to our social media channels. If you know someone you would like to see featured on a future episode, email us at dunn.chris at fcboe.org. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us on the Honor Roll. Class dismissed. Thank you.